Hello and welcome to Reddit Readings and Episode 91. In this episode we are covering the posts on r slash let's not meet. Without further ado let's jump into our first story posted by user IIS4R4HXXX, with the title. Some guy held a knife to my back over some cheap bottle of knockoff Baileys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was working at my first ever job in retail. I was around 20 years old. It was a busy morning 9 a.m. Somewhere mid-December hence why it was so busy. I was working the checkouts as per usual scanning items ringing up customers and all that jazz, about an hour into my shift. I was serving an elderly man who bought just a handful of items. After giving him his sub-total another guy behind him smelling of booze stretched out handing me cash. I kindly told him I wasn't serving him I was serving the man in front of him. Then I looked down and saw he was buying some cheap knockoff branded Bailey some booze and of course I figured out this guy is wasted. Just as I was taking payment from the elderly man, I was planning in my head how I was going to tell the next guy that I cannot sell alcohol to him as he is already drunk, as this was my first job and I never encountered this sort of thing before. So I finished serving and now onto the drunk guy. I looked around in hopes to find another colleague or my manager but not one in sight or available to help. So I looked at the man and just before I opened my mouth I felt which felt like someone grabbed a fistful of my hair and something sharp poking me in the back and of course a man whispered in my ear to which I also smelt alcohol on his breath. Serve my mate. He pushes which I'm assuming was a knife harder into my back, now. In complete shock, I said nothing, just scanned the bottle, took the cash and they were gone. I quickly turned around to my colleague working checkouts behind me but all they did was look at me and asked if I was okay, completely unaware what just happened. Then I went for my break. I see my manager pass by so I rushed over to him and told him what just happened. All he did was laugh because he thought I was joking, but criticized me for selling alcohol to someone under the influence. Whatever that sharp object that was in my back cut me. Before my break I could feel blood running down my back and it was sore. Of course couldn't see blood as my uniform is black. I screamed, it's true it did happen. I turned around and lifted my hair as I have very long hair. Lift up my shirt or get. Female colleague close by. To do it this guy fucking sliced me. But the manager just said, eewww no I don't want to see you lift up your shirt. And just walked away staring into his phone. Well I did not return to finish my shift. I snuck out the store, took a taxi and went home. My mum cleaned up my back and dressed it then the next morning she called work to tell them I will not be returning as the manager's incompetence to take action when I could have almost been stabbed over a bottle. Our next story is posted by user Almalazone, with the title. Never that safe. Okay. This happened in 2016 when I was a 17-year-old first-year college student in film school, I'm now 22F, name is Julia. 
I lived alone in my first ever apartment. It was really small but I was really proud of my independence. I never felt unsafe in this apartment for several reasons. There were multiple gates in the residence that needed to be opened through a code only the people who lived there knew. My door had three different locks and it was right next to the university so most people who lived in the neighborhood were college student. Nothing bad had ever happened in the neighborhood before. I've always been very careful with locking the door when I leave my home. I always check twice. I have slight OCD. So this one time, I leave to go to class and lock my door but for some reason I couldn't get the key out of the lock. It was completely stuck so I went to get the caretaker of the building to help me but he wasn't there and I was getting late for class. So I went to class with the key still in the lock. I took off the keychain first so it's not too noticeable. When I got home the caretaker was back so he came to help me and we couldn't get it out for 15 minutes until somehow he did. He told me the lock was damaged but that I didn't necessarily need to change it if I only locked it once instead of twice. I just said okay and that was the end of it. I really wasn't worried because of how safe I felt in this building. Flash forward to two months later. I was taking out the trash one night around 11 p.m. While on the phone with my sister, I remember telling her that I was taking out the trash, then that I would take a shower afterwards before heading to a party. As I previously said I always locked the door, even just to take out the trash, because of my lock being damaged I only locked it once. When I got back to my apartment I found the door unlocked which immediately alarmed me. So I went into the apartment and locked the door immediately, with three different types of locks. When you walk into my apartment, which is just 215 square feet, you have the main room in front of you and the bathroom door immediately to your left. I had left the bathroom door slightly open, enough so I could see a man in my shower, turning his back to me. Naturally, when I saw this I tried to open the door and leave as fast as possible. Except my main lock was damaged from two months earlier and I couldn't open it no matter how hard I tried. In this moment all I could think of was the fact that I had to leave as fast as possible. I jumped out the window without really thinking. I figured it was the only solution. Except I lived on the second floor, so I completely smashed my ankles in the landing. I started running in whichever way I could and when I got a little bit further from the building I looked back and a man was there, at my window, watching me run away. I thought of two possible outcomes. Either the man was going to jump and chase me, except I wouldn't get far with my twisted ankles, or he would get scared of the height and be locked in my apartment. Thankfully, he picked option two. I went to hide in a bush a little further and called the police, who arrived in just 10 minutes because I lived close to the station. They pushed my door open and the man was there just sitting on my couch, holding a kitchen knife, waiting for me to come back, like he didn't think I would call the police. They arrested the guy and later told me he had already been arrested for sexual assault, rape, attempted kidnapping and attempted murder. They also told me how everything had happened. Like I said it was a very friendly neighborhood with mostly college students, so he got inside the building by other people holding the door for him. He then heard me telling my sister I was going to take a shower which was why he was waiting in the bathroom for me. He crocheted my lock while I was taking out the trash. He apparently noticed me on school campus and followed me to my home several times before succeeding to actually come in. He stayed inside waiting for me because I had recently changed my phone and the previous one was still on the table, 
so he thought I didn't have a phone with me to call the police. I don't live there anymore, but after that, to get into the building, we all needed identification proving we lived there. Building IDs were created and we had to scan them every time and it was the only way to go inside the building. Nothing bad happened in the neighborhood after that, it's back to being very peaceful and friendly. Our next story is posted by user living underscore perspective 86, with the title. A car with no door handles. Context, I was 26 and I'm a lady. I needed gas and it was around 11 p.m. on a Saturday. I pulled into a busy gas station to fill my tank except it was completely bare not a car in sight. I also live in Alaska and it was very cold this night maybe minus 10. Tired after work just wanting to get home usually I start my pump and sit in my car due to the freezing cold but this time I had a weird feeling that I needed stand by the pump so I did. I just started pumping my gas when a little golden sedan pulled up right next to me. A guy got out and I was feeling hypervigilant for some reason. He started cleaning his completely clean windows, as he put back the squeegee he started towards me. I felt like I wanted to run but stayed calm and continued pumping. He asked me if I would help him put windshield wiper fluid in his car BC he ran out and he doesn't know how to open the hood I laughed it off and told him I don't know either, which was a lie. He kept getting closer and closer to me while trying to lure me to into his car by saying there's something under his seat he can't reach BC he is too big. Now I'm 5 feet 2 and petite. This man was large and scruffy think Alaska wilderness dude. At this point I'm freaking out and hit the call button on the pump. He took a step back and started to go back to his car. I thought I was being smart. My gas is almost done. I looked in his car when I noticed the insides of the doors had no handles except for the driver door that freaked me out. I was putting the pump back and opening my door he was right behind me, slammed my door shut and yelled, you're coming with me. Obviously I refused and I was petrified he grabbed my arm and slammed me against my car I elbowed him as hard as I could I started to scream at the top of my lungs thank god for the gas attendant with a big ass gun that night bc if not for him, I don't know what would have happened. The attendant pulled the video and we made a police report I called immediately after that guy took off I never heard anything else about it I just hope he didn't get some other girl alone. So to the guy with no door handles, let's not meet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our final story is posted by user user whiskey one with the title Late Night Toe Call. Hopefully this is okay to post here. My story is not one where I was the target of someone's stalking or harassment, but one where I was the guy who was at the right place at the right time, and I'm fairly certain my inadvertent intervention may have saved someone I'd never met from, well, who knows what. This was back in 2015 or 2016. I'm a career tow truck driver. At this point I've been towing cars for most of my adult life, 
and will likely do so until I either retire or die, whichever comes first. At the time I was working for a pretty small towing company with only two employees, and we rotated who was on call each weekend. It was my weekend on call, and it was summer, so with people being out and about late and whatnot I was pretty busy. Cleaning up accidents, towing broken down cars both in the city and off the highway. I was fine with it, as I was paid commission at the time, so the more calls I did the more money I made. So it's Saturday night, now Sunday morning, and it's around 2.30 to 3 o'clock in the morning, and like I said I've been busy. I'm tired, a little grumpy, and kinda wanna go home when my phone rings. It's an insurance company calling asking if we can do a tow for one of their customers who has broken down on the side of the highway. The breakdown location they give me is about 15 miles out of town, which I normally wouldn't do, but the tow destination happens to be a dealership that's just a couple minutes from my apartment. I contemplate rejecting the call, but because I'm paid commission I figure screw it, I can run up and grab this car, drop it off around the corner from my place, then hopefully I can head home and get a couple hours of shut-eye. So I take the call and hop on the highway. The insurance company provided me with the customer's first name, which we'll say was Kara, and gave me a phone number for her. Usually, I try to make contact with people who are on the side of the highway to let them know I'm on my way and give them an ETA. I try calling her a couple of times, but she doesn't answer. Not unusual. After a short while, I see hazard lights up the way on the shoulder, so I turn on my strobes and start slowing down. As I approach, I notice that not only is there the late model car that I'm looking for, but there's another car on scene as well that doesn't have its hazards on, but it's parked in front of the car I'm meant to tow. This is annoying but not uncommon, as I need to be able to get in front of the disabled car in order to load it and sometimes people don't realize that. But because the other car is there, I instead pull up behind both cars. You do this so that as the tow driver, you're the one that has to make the weird maneuver of pulling off the shoulder and back onto the shoulder, and that the other car just have to drive straight forward on the shoulder. Otherwise, if I pulled up in front, then the other car would have to go around me, and it's unprofessional and unsafe to make them do that. Standing at the trunk of the late model car, which is now directly in front of me, are a man and a woman. The woman is probably in her early 20s, and dressed to the nines for a night out. She's about 5 feet 1 inch or 5 feet 2 inches. She's wearing tight leather-ish or something pants, a halter top, long black hair, very pretty. The man is probably around 5 feet 10 inches and skinny, maybe 150 to 160 pounds, wearing a dark hoodie and dirty jeans. They're standing very close, facing each other. She has her arms crossed and he's leaning down talking to her. I step out of my truck and approach them both, introduce myself. They separate a few feet, and I look to the woman and say, Are you Kara? She nods. I say I'm here from her insurance company, and I ask what's going on with the car. Immediately, the man pipes up and says, Yeah it's just having some fuel issues, it's an easy fix, can you just drop it off at this commuter parking lot? I'm gonna fix it for her there. I'm rather annoyed at this, because the commuter lot in question is further up the highway and I'm already 15 miles out of town. Like I said before, I only took this call because it was supposed to be coming back toward my apartment, and I really wanted to go home. Not only that, 
but in order to change the original tow destination. I would have to call the insurance company back. Wait on hold for who knows how long for a representative. And then let them know of the change and try to get them to pay me extra for the dead head miles back home after unloading. And I really didn't want to do any of this. And thirdly, this is a late model car. I'm no mechanic, but it's new enough that whatever is wrong with it is likely covered under warranty. So the dealership is really the best place for it to go anyways. I explain all this to the guy, but he's not really having it. He gets stern with me, saying something like, Look man, you just need to take the car where I tell you to take it. We go back and forth on this for maybe 60 seconds and he's just getting madder. Well, you know what, man, you're not the named insured, Kara is. The easy way to settle this is to ask what she wants me to do with the car, and whatever she says is what I'll do. Fingers crossed she'll want to take it to the dealership so I can get home sooner. I turn to look at Kara to ask her that question, and I don't see her right away. She's no longer standing where she was just a minute ago, which was slightly off to my right. I continue to not see her until I've turned almost all the way around, because she's standing directly behind me. And by directly, I mean within an inch of my back, arms still crossed. I look down at her, and she locks eyes with me. Her eyes are wide as plates, almost owl-like, and immediately it feels like she's staring into my soul. She didn't say a word, and she didn't have to. I took a step back and did what felt like a double-double take. I looked at him, then at her, then at him again, and then back at her, and it slowly started to dawn on me that maybe something isn't right. I ask her, do you know this guy? And she ever so slightly shook her head no. The expression on her face when I asked her that will be forever burned in my skull. I turned to the guy and was like, oh, you gotta go, man. Now, I'm not a tough guy. I'm a total beta male, if there is such a thing, and I don't care who knows it. I've nothing to prove. I'm super averse to confrontation, and will run at the first sign of trouble. And I'm not exactly the biggest of guys, either. I am, however, what I like to call, sturdy. I'm 5 feet 8 inches, and 240 pounds. I have a bit of a gut, but I also have big thighs and broad shoulders, and people are generally surprised to find out that I weigh as much as I do, and I think that might have been my saving grace for what happened next. Without a word, the guy starts to move for Kara, and I move to stay in between them. He tries to push me out of his way by shoving me in the chest, but because I believe he underestimated my weight, only pushed me hard enough to make me take a single step back. Immediately, I took that step forward towards him and body check him, hard. As hard as I could. Hard enough to completely knock him over basically onto his ass. Because we rotated during the back and forth push bit. Kara is now in front of me to my right. Somewhat between me and the guy who's trying to scramble to his feet. I reached out and snatched the poor girl up by her waist spun her towards my truck and yelled for her to get into the driver's side, and she does so. I turn back to the guy, who's standing up again at this point, and he's breathing hard. He gets right up in my face, but doesn't do anything, just breathes at me. I stare him right in his face and mustering up the best dad voice I can muster just say, you need to go. I'm shaking now, and I'm absolutely terrified. I don't know if he has a weapon. I don't know if he's gonna try to fight me, and I don't know what I would do if he did. Like I said, I'm not a tough guy. I don't know how to fight. 
I've never been in a fight in my life. What if I get badly hurt? What if I get stabbed? What do I even do now? I just wanna go home FFS. I wasn't even gonna take this damn call. All this is running through my head at lightning speed. After probably around 15 seconds or so, which felt like Ian's, he kinda huffs a bit, smiles on of the creepiest smiles I've ever seen, and starts to back off. Sucking his teeth and rubbing his hands together, he slowly walks backwards a few steps, then makes his way to the front car, gets in, and drives off. I stayed motionless, watching him, until I could no longer see his tail lights. I got Kara's car loaded up on the tow truck, and as we made our way to the dealership she told me through tears that her car had shut off while she was driving, and she pulled onto the shoulder and called her parents, because she was on their insurance. Her parents made the call to the insurance company, who eventually dispatched me to her location. While she was waiting, a bit after she made the call, the guy pulled up in front of her, and walked up to her passenger side window to try to talk to her, asking if she needed help, etc., and she told him she was fine, that a tow truck was coming, and she didn't need help. He persisted, and she tried to tell him off, and eventually tried to roll up the window. Apparently he stuck his arm in the window and got the door unlocked, and opened the door. In fear, she jumped out of the car, leaving her phone inside, and ran to the back of her car and stayed put there because it was in the line of sight of traffic. Apparently he was pretty lewd with her, and whenever she tried to go back to the car, he would prevent her from getting in. Several minutes later I showed up. Who knows what would have happened had the timing been any different. Her parents were waiting at the dealership when we arrived, and she told them what had just happened. Her parents gave me a $20 tip, which was all the cash they had on them at the time, and Kara gave me a very tight and clearly heartfelt hug before I left. I never saw her again. I tell ya what. Every guy has daydreamed at some point of coming to the rescue of a pretty girl in trouble. Myself included. You think you're gonna be a hero. That you're gonna be the cat's ass. You're gonna slay the dragon and get the girl and ride off into the sunset like the king you are. But for me, being in that situation, in the moment, was one of the most terrible feelings I've ever had in my life. Forced into a confrontation I didn't want nor was prepared for, not knowing what to expect from a clearly not well-hinged individual. I didn't feel like the cat's ass, and I didn't feel like a hero. I felt like a scared little kid encountering a bully on the playground for the first time. If I'm ever in a situation like that, I will never not intervene. I just really hope I don't have to. That's it for today's episode of Reddit Readings. Until next time, take care. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. 
In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.